Friday night is football night. Big hits. Great plays. School spirit. All of that is on display and more all around Northern California. It's It's time time for the the Friday Friday Night Football Football Show. Show. Presented by Wingstop. Here are your hosts, Matt George and Charles D. Hamilton. Night football in Sacramento area. High school football playoffs week one has begun. Welcome in to the Friday Night Football Show. My name is Matt George, joined by Charles T. Hamilton. Ten weeks, well really 11 weeks, 11 weeks in the books regular season-wise. Ten games played for each and every single one of these teams. And now we get to the postseason. It's win or go home. A lot of games on tap here tonight in all seven divisions that we have to get to. High school playoff football, Chuck. Everything is on the line. It all matters. All the nerves are at an all-time high. The crowds are out there. The atmospheres are great. This is what football is all about. Yeah, it's a different monster, man. Different beast, uh, playoff football. Look, you always have a little butterflies, a little something every game, but when you know it's winter go home, there's a little something extra. And it's something you have to manage, and that's one of the tough parts as well. Is is it, It's real. You have to manage it and try and channel it correctly. And that that's a that's a challenge for sure. And one of the things I love about high school football, but really football playoffs in general, is there's always an element of a revenge narrative, right? Because so many times in football playoffs, but especially high school football playoffs around this area, you match up at some point in time, you match up with a team that has defeated you in the past or that you guys have played a tough, gritty game that came down to the wire and only one team can win, and you get an opportunity, if you're the team that lost, to get a a little bit of revenge, knowing, okay, during the regular season, you had us, but we get one more shot at it when it matters. Those are the games that are so important. Those are the games that jump off the table, and a lot of times it's the underdogs in those games, uh, the teams that have been defeated already, uh, that come out with uh, with a bone to pick and sometimes get the job done. Well, look, it's tough. It's tough to beat a, t- a team multiple times in a row. There's, it's tough to get back-to-back wins against the same team. And the the narrative and the the revenge, what have you, when you're on the losing end during the regular season, you're always saying, you know what, we're going to see them again. We'll see them again. We know we're going to playoffs. We're going to see them there, and we're going to have a bone to pick with them. And it's something that you see almost every year, and it's something we saw tonight as well. We got a lot of stuff to get through here. All of the Sac Joaquin section football championships. We're going to go bracket by bracket here, division by division, share with you the scores that we have. We still have two or three that have not come in. If they have gone final uh, and you uh, know or are coming from those games, please let us know. You can text in 441140 uh, and uh, you can be a part of the Friday Night Football Show brought to you by Wingstop. Wingstop always doing a phenomenal job taking care of us all week long. We have to talk about our uh, sack, or our um, Stockton Honda game of the week, which was Grant uh, taking on Downey, a very uh, high-scoring affair that we have to tell you about. That was a Division Two playoff game, and then uh, Charles C. Hamilton very, very shortly is going to be giving out our prestigious award that we have here on Friday Night Football. It is the California Family Fitness Player of the Week. All that to get to, but right now, fire up that music bed. Let's run through some of the scores from all seven divisions of high school playoff football. And we'll start in the big boy. Division one, four games tonight. Actually, three games tonight. One that happened yesterday. We'll start with the one that happened yesterday as Pittman, number seventh seed, defeated Davis 
40 to 21. Pittman now matches up with Monterey Trail. Edison taking on Gregory. Edison, the eighth seed. Gregory, the ninth seed. Edison getting the job done. 48 to 22 at home. They now have the uh, blessing of having to face Folsom next week. So no problem there for Edison. Sheldon, the number five seed, taking on Modesto, the 12th seed. Sheldon at home getting the job done. They win 27 to 14. They now face St. Mary's next week. And you have Turlock shutting out Consumnus Oaks. Turlock's the number six seed. Consumnus Oaks, the number 11 seed. Turlock advances. They face Oak Ridge. Division two. That's right. The deuce. Tracy taking on Lincoln. Tracy got the W, 49-28, to 28, getting rid of those fighting zebras. Best name out there for sure. Going to miss them. But Tracy moves on to take on Del Oro next week. We will be talking with Del Oro head coach Jeff Walters in just a little bit. Jesuit's going to be taking on Wood Creek tomorrow, 2 o'clock at Jesuit. We will have coverage of that next week and then also whatever game follows after that. The, the winner of that game will also be taken on Granite Bay next week. Grant taken on Downey. Downey comes in, puts up 57 on Grant. Wow. Who only put up 27. Grant had uh, some players out. We're going to talk about that a little later with Joe Davidson. Downey's moving on to take on Indercom next week. And then we had Elk Grove taken on Vacaville. Elk Grove comes in. They were the underdog. They get the W, 28-21. Elk Grove moves on. To take on Central Catholic next week. Moving on to Division Three, number eight seed Buhach County taking on number nine seed Ponderosa. The Colony, I'm sorry, the Buhach Colony, not County. Yes. Get that right. Buhach Colony defeated Ponderosa 28 to 19. They now will face the Capital Christian Cougars. Manteca taking on Burbank. Manteca, the number five seed, defeated Burbank 36 to six. Manteca faces Antelope next week. River Valley puts up 40 points on Sacramento. Joe Davidson was at this game. He joins us in just a little bit. He will share all the details from this one at Hughes Stadium. River Valley getting the job done 40 to 14. They will face Merced next week. Finally, Yuba City beating Christian Brothers. Sorry, Chris, in the other room, Chris, a uh, Christian Brothers alum. Uh, Yuba City getting the W 30 to 28. They advance and will take on Placer. Shout out those Yuba City honkers, man. For real. Pacheco taking on Sierra. Pacheco gets the W. And what might have been the game of the night, 34 to 33. Pacheco will move on to take on Rio Linda next week. Still waiting on uh, Oakdale uh, taking on Valley. See who won that one. We'll get that one for you a little bit later. Patterson taking on Rosemont. Patterson gets the W, 48 to 21. They'll be taking on Casa Roble next week. Golden Valley taking on Cordova. Cordova comes in as the underdog and gets the win, 31-24. Cordova will be taking on Vanden next week. We have scoreboards for Division 5, 6, and 7 coming for you a little bit later in the show. You can also head to khdk.com right now to see the full breakdown from all of tonight's action, khdk.com. You can also check out all of the uh, the numbers, the stats, the highlights from this entire season, uh, all of our California Family Fitness Player of the Week awards that we've given out each and every single week, and that includes Playoff Week 1, Charles T. Hamilton. While we're waiting for uh, Joe Davidson to get on the line, why don't you let us know who who wins the CalFit Player of the Week this week? My absolute pleasure. So this is for the performance last week. I just had to make that clear. I think we all know already, but the, for last week's performance, we're giving it away this week, and this one goes to Capital Christian running back Demarcus Ross. This guy is a beast. He went for three hundred fifty yard, excuse me, three hundred forty-five yards on twenty-one carries. He had touchdowns of seventy-five. 23, and then a reception for 76. Is that good? It's not bad. I can tell you that. He, the guy's a beast. 
He's about 5'11", 220. He is a four-year starter for Capital Christian, so that means he was starting as a freshman there. Wow. The guy's a monster. Uh, We've talked about him all year. 345 on 21 carries. I mean, there's only so much I can say. We've talked about him all year. The guy's just a beast, and I've compared him to last week's winner, Levi Markey. Similar size, similar running style, and uh, he got it done last week. Our California Family Fit Player of the Week, Demarcus Ross, and uh, we'll be talking about him more. He also mentioned... You know, he's a little winded after all those runs, you know what I mean? After yeah. 21 carries for imagine. 345, 76, 75 yarders. He said the elevation might have had something to do with it. <laughs> so if you head to cagedk.com right now, you can see our full list of all of the awards, the California Fitness Player of the Week awards that we've given out all season long. I encourage you to check it out. Also check out our, four, our full scoreboard there as we continue uh, to get finals pouring in. But if anybody's going to know everything that's going on in the whole SAC Joaquin section, it is the high school football guru himself from the Sacramento Bee, Joe Davidson, joining us week one of the playoffs. Joe, so glad that they are here and so thankful that you can join us. You were at uh, the SAC High game as unfortunately uh, they were not able to get the job done there. Division 4 action, or excuse me, uh, Division three action, Sacramento falling to River Valley 40 to 14. Was that game as much of a blowout as the final score suggests it was? Uh, good to hear from you guys again. Yeah, it was pretty thorough. And River Valley is a newer school, all things considered, from Yuba City, opened in 2005, 0 and 4 in the playoffs lifetime. Excuse me, but uh, emphatic, great win tonight for the co coaches, Dave Humphers and Brennan McFadden, um, run the win tee. Uh, uh, it's a good-looking team, and that's a, that's, a, that's a great win over a talented Sac High team. And River Valley now gets to take on 10-0 and Merced next week on the road. That's Ooh. a nice little road trip from Yuba City all the way down to uh, Merced. Man. But you know what? At this time of year, teams would drive, you know, 300 miles to play a playoff game. Uh, wherever they can. Yeah, because that's uh, And the parents will be right so. behind them. Uh, yes, yes, uh, absolutely. And, um, you know, the, this is what everybody works for is the playoffs. And, you know, the healthy teams, the good teams, the story teams, um, you know, we'll we'll see if they get challenged or there's going to be upsets here and there. Uh, one team that is upset is Grant lost big, 57-27 to Downey uh, Modesto. Modesto City Schools have not won a playoff game on the road in 20 years. So that's uh, – that's a nice bit of success for, um, you know, that program um, to, to beat Grant. And Grant was thinned out considerably because of 10 players had to sit from a brawl last week, including eight starters. And that's just too tall of a task um, to, to overcome. So that's a story program out of the gates uh, right there, Grant falling in a Division Two opener. Joe, I'm glad you brought them up. That's what I wanted to ask you about. So Downey got the win 57-27. to 27. How much of a difference does it make? Obviously, it's a big difference considering they're missing eight starters. But is this would this have not happened with those starters back? I mean, is is this as big of a surprise as as it looks like, or is it just you know you can't overcome missing all those players? Well, I don't I don't know you know, but yeah. I would I would think that having eight starters that beat Granite Bay that beat uh, Rockland that beat that almost beat Del Oro that would have been a huge difference, but uh, you know, you just don't, there's just not enough time to prepare your team. That's not to take anything away from Downey, which pounced up the opportunity. Um, imagine how upset 
Donnie would have been to take on a team that was down that many players and you don't win. So, um, you know, it's the one thing about athletics, as we all know from all levels, is it's how you respond. And Grant did not respond, and Downey uh, had a great opportunity. It's only six and four coming in, so it's not like it was a juggernaut. And then came up with a a, a great win. So, yeah, that, I, I think if Grant was at full strength, uh, Grant would be certainly favored to win that game. Joe, uh, one of the things that I love about playoff football at every level is the fact that there are no series. It's win or go home, so anything can happen. Uh, But we see in professional football, even elements of it in college football, as teams taking it up to a next level. You talk about matchups that may have taken place during the regular season, uh, and you have one final score there, and the final score if those two teams meet in postseason seems to be completely different, and the game itself is completely different. Is there, from what you've seen over over the years covering Sac Joaquin section football, is there that next level that happens with high school playoff football in this section and can you already see teams flipping that proverbial switch and taking that next step oh yeah there's always a next level and and, and the programs that we talk about all the time that just seem to master the whole concept of the next level or or the del oro's granite bays uh folsom especially where they just seem to you know the great programs are already they're in good shape conditioning wise uh well coached Lots of depth, um, call off all the hitting by midseason so your guys aren't worn out. Even teenage legs get tired. Um, what makes the playoffs fun is when there's upsets. And we haven't seen a lot of upsets, you know, uh, in the last several years with the upper upper tier programs. But it does happen, and it really can topple a whole playoff bracket. So that's when it gets exciting is when, you know, is somebody going to push Folsom? Is Monterey Trail that team? Uh you know, is, is Del Oro getting – I think the Division Two bracket is, is terrific with Del Oro and Granite Bay and Jesuit and, and programs like that. So, you, we'll, we'll see some really good games there. Nobody wants to see predictable blowouts every week. I think that would just be kind of dull. And the playoffs have a different wrinkle this year, guys, where instead of 16-team brackets with horrific opening round blowouts, we have 12-team brackets where the top four seeds have a bye. And and so that 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 thins out the the brackets a little bit. It also prevents some just brutal opening round games. Nobody wants to see nobody wants to see a seventy four to nothing first round playoff game. Right? You know, it's like, geez, that's a playoff team that got beat like that. So, and and you know, even a little bit more guys to what you're talking about um, is the um, you know these these powerhouse programs that we're talking about. They anticipate winning section championships and then going to Northern California bowl games. And then you see if you could really up your game because the Bay Area teams are loaded or sometimes they come up from Fresno. And then you see how good it is. Uh, by that time, everybody's rooting for who else, who's left standing. Um, you know, though, though not everybody was rooting for Folsom last year in the NorCal State because, um, you know, a lot of people were just upset that um, – that, that Folsom had, you know, what they thought was an inordinate amount of transfers, which is not necessarily true. So it's interesting to see even how the fans start to gravitate or still vote against programs. 
Joe, you mentioned Division Two, and this is going to be a, a fun division to keep an eye on and follow. And you mentioned there aren't a, a huge amount of upsets that have been happening recently. And this is not a major upset, but we still, uh, did see number uh, 10 seed Elk Grove defeating number 7 seed Vacaville in one of the closest games of the night, 28-21. to 21. They will now uh, uh, move on to take on Central Catholic. Uh, what do you know about that Elk Grove program, and, and what do you see from them? Is, is this one of those upsets that jumps off the page to you that surprises you a little bit? Or are Elk Grove one of those sneaky teams that could potentially make some noise here in Div 2? Well, you know, um, Elk Grove is one of the great storied programs. I think it's in the playoffs for the 32nd or 33rd time since 1981. That's a lot of years. That's wow. a lot of success. Um, has been in section championship finals, has won championship finals, has had some of the great coaches and great players in section history, including the late 1990s. Um, and then all these newer schools open in the Elk Grove Unified School District, Monterey Trail, Franklin, Kasumnes Oaks, Pleasant Grove, Sheldon, and it thinned out the enrollment, um, but Elk Grove still continues. And second-year coach John Heffernan came uh, came over from Burbank, where he coached for some 15, 16 years, won a lot of games there. Young, young, young team for Elk Grove this year, a lot of underclassmen, went 5-5, five and five, had a close loss to Sheldon earlier this season, um, had a close loss to uh, other really good teams, uh, including Jesuit, and I'm not surprised by that score. It's a seedings upset, but um, that was a game I thought about covering. Uh, we did have a guy, Thomas Frey, who's uh, our video guru, so he went out there and he covered it. Um, and so no surprise there. And Vacaville is a storied powerhouse program in the playoffs for like 29, 29 times over the last 35 years or so. So that game probably got over at 8 o'clock. Both teams run the ball. I'm sure everybody was home by, by the time the sun set. Huh. Joe, uh, jumping over to Division One. Congratulations to Edison defeating Gregory tonight, forty-eight to twenty-two. They have uh, earned the prestigious right to move on and now face number one seed Folsom. And we know how dominant uh, this Bulldog program is. Uh, if you're if you're any program, but Edison specifically, how do you even begin to prepare and approach a playoff matchup against the Folsom Bulldogs? Well, for one thing, Edison is Stockton. I think I saw in the Stockton record newspaper or our good friends are down there. Edison won a league championship for the first time since 1978 or something. So that's a team that's suddenly feeling its mojo. So you hope you take that momentum and, and, and skill players and just keep up. Um, I don't think you could shut down the Folsom Bulldogs, but you could try to keep up. I think it was Edison of Stockton in 2014 that played a playoff game at Folsom and lost big, big running clock in the second half. And the the Edison kids were so impressed by Jake Browning and Jonah Williams and the, all those great players for Folsom that they went over to the locker room of Folsom after the game just to go shake their hands and take pictures with them. And they said, you know, we, we are proud to play you guys. I thought it was a very mature, classy gesture by both sides. Right. And, you know, these guys were in their uniform still. And they said, hey, man, you guys handed it to us, but we just wanted to – congratulate you and can we take some pictures and shake your hands and and i thought you know how about that so um that that's uh, that was a program that just appreciated being there uh now i think edison uh would like to do something but yeah that's a tall order you know hey you just want to play a game congratulations hey who do we have next oh some you know some some team up in sacramento area Folsom <laughs> bulldogs are they any good yeah they, they, they've been pretty good so um no and i'm sure Folsom had some coaches down there scouting and observing and, uh, you know, Folsom, Folsom certainly appreciated having a bye. Um, and also the opening byes help balance out 
the Bay Area sections that have opening buys. So that way it's not so lopsided. You know, last year, De La Salle went to a state final, played 13 total games. Folsom went to a state final and played 16 games. So being three extra games is a lot um, at any level, yeah. um, including high school, especially in this era of safety and all that. So, uh, But to answer your question, that's a tall order for Edison, but Edison's just happy to be alive. Joe, I'm just trying to put my 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 mind into uh, that of a a offensive coordinator or a head coach that's scheming for a team like Folsom. And you just mentioned stay alive and sticking with it. Is that really the the only chance that you have to beat these Folsom Bulldogs? Is keep it close, put yourself in a position to win the game later, maybe steal it away. Is that really the best case scenario against these Bulldogs? Yeah, and it's you know you can't fool kids you know you, you don't think those edison players don't know about folsom haven't heard about folsom over the years you don't think they're not going to go through film uh, that's easily a, available on max preps or huddle you know and, and take a look at them um, of course and you know they're gonna the edison players like anybody who plays folsom if you're a competitor you, you think you have a chance and the coaches will say let's do our thing let's not turn the ball over let's not fumble punt returns let's not um you know, throw interceptions, let's, let's not fumble, you know, let's not be a bunch of clowns, let's compete. And so um, uh, that's the that's going to be the motto. And then if you're down 28 nothing, hang in there, hang in there, hang in there. Or if it's 14-14, hey, let's keep doing what we do. Joe, in Division Three, Yuba City took on Christian Brothers tonight, had a nice comeback win. They were down 28-18. Uh, end up winning 30-28. to 28. We haven't really talked about Yuba City much, and they're taking on Placer next week, who had a great undefeated season. What can what can you tell me about Yuba City and, and their chances against Placer uh, this next week? Well, Placer's a monster, too. <laughs> you know, the Placer coaches uh, who are probably up there at Yuba City. and Yuba City's been around a long time, played football playoff games for, for decades, used to be Division One. used to be the highest enrollment, and then River, River Valley opened. Uh, 2005 or so, and that kind of thinned out the enrollment, so drops them down to Division Three. But that's going to be a, a really tough order. Um, you know, Placer is just chugging right along, devouring teams with the wing tee. You guys have had the radio guys on on the air, um, and, and they filled you in. They, they could they could just overwhelm teams with a, a number of runners and, and, and tough defense. And Placer's very experienced, 17 starters back from a team that played for a state final. So it's a it should be Placer overwhelmingly, you would think. Uh, I think Yuba City's now six wins or seven wins, and, and Placer is at ten wins, ten and zero. So uh, it's it's some of these unbeaten heavies or one lost heavies like Del Oro or Folsom or or just a a big obstacle. But any of these teams that go down, any of these top seeds that go down, will 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 really turn any of those brackets upside down. And and that's what you got to look for. It's, it's it's going to happen. Somewhere somebody's going to stumble. If it's not in the first round, it'll be in the second round or maybe the third round because uh, they can't all finish unbeaten. Joe, uh, my Wood Creek Timberwolves got off to such a great start this season and then uh, fell apart. I don't know if fell apart is the right word, but struggled down the stretch, and that probably affected how they were ultimately seeded. They are in Division Two, but at the 12th seed, they will take on number 5 seed Jesuit tomorrow in a day game at 2 o'clock. I'm assuming you will be out there, uh, but can you give us a little preview of that game and what you expect from those two programs? Jesuit was towards the top of your, your preseason rankings heading into the start of this season. Ha- ended up having a pretty good season despite a a bit of a uh, rocky start. Uh, But Wood Creek, based off of how they started the season, shouldn't be an an easy task uh, for the fifth seed Jesuit uh, Marauders. No, and, you know, Jesuit's got some national recruits. 
you know, Leitu Latu is um, a, a terrific player getting national recruit interest. Um, he's a linebacker tight end, terrific player, good guy, uh, campus leader. And then Isaiah Rutherford just gave a verbal commitment to Notre Dame. That tells you how good he is. He's a terrific running back, but the colleges like him as a cornerback. So the, the big-name national recruit guys are on Jesuit's side. Um, Hank Harvego is a, is a really good quarterback for Jesuit, which lost. Um, just recently to last week, actually, to Sheldon in overtime for the league championship. Um, and Jesuit started with our preseason sack being number two. I thought that was right where they, the Marauders belonged. Um, opened the season with number one Folsom. So you, you want to have your heavyweight rankings right next to each other in case there's, you know, so that way you could rank them accordingly. And then lost first two games to Folsom and to Granite Bay. No slouch there. Um, happened last year. Then, then Jesuit went unbeaten in, in league play. So Jaguar got started, you know, got rolling again. Uh, Wood Creek is, um, Wood Creek's got nothing to lose. I know that's a terrible cliche, but Wood Creek is the underdog supposed to lose this game. If you look at seeding and history, uh, Wood Creek has one playoff win in school history. I thought there was no playoff wins in school history, but I, we, we double checked. And um, so that's, uh, so just all those things. So you, you, it has to be one of those same things. You got to, maybe pull some trickery and do something a little different to disrupt the norm to have a chance in that bracket. Otherwise, um, it's going to be over and out in a hurry with, with Jesuit. Jesuit could win that bracket. It wouldn't surprise me if Jesuit won the set, you know, Division Two section. wouldn't surprise me if Delora won it or Central Catholic won it or Intercom. That's how good Division Two is, or even Granite Bay for that matter, Granite Bay being the defending champion. Definitely. Joe, you mentioned uh... – the new playoff format with 12 teams and, and the top four teams getting buys. It definitely produced some great games, a couple blowouts, but there were some really close ones. Augustine beat Millennium 28-27. Another team, that's the nice part about these playoffs is we're getting to look at teams that we probably haven't talked about because the, the heavyweights kind of take up most of our time. But Augustine got the win 28-27. What, what can you tell me about Augustine? And uh, they're taking on Denaire next week. All right, I know a lot of things, but I don't know much about Denaire. I know they're the Coyotes. Uh, Dustin, I can't remember the. I, I need my good friend Will DeBoard or, or Richard Tiestrada from Black Hat Football or Joe Cortez or James Burns. You know, those are the guys who cover those teams down there. I just know that the smaller schools uh-huh. in the southern part of this section are dominant for a lot of years. Hillmar, yeah. Escalon, those teams you mentioned. The powerhouses in Division One, Two, II, and Three are generally up north, up here. Uh, but the small schools for decades have just maintained a culture of winning. We don't have nearly as many small schools, per se, up here um, outside of Colfax or Bear River. They're mostly down south. So there's going to be a lot of road travel, uh, a lot of tradition. Uh, I think it's cool. So those schools, there's not growth in those areas, but those schools maintain uh, a, a unique ability to keep on winning. And you know what? In the fighting spirit of things, it's not just the Sacramento teams getting in these football brawls. The the schools mm-hmm. down south, Mariposa, Augustine, like that, some of those programs have gotten in the brawl. So it's people get into it no matter where you are. Not that we endorse it. We certainly don't condone that kind of behavior. you got to uh, honor your sport and honor your school. You don't do it by brawling. So the brawling has happened all over the section from small schools, medium, large, and everywhere in between. Well, I'm glad you brought up the brawling, Joe, because I did want to ask you about that. You had a piece out this week just kind of covering that as far as uh, how it seems like it's happened more this year. And uh, Section Commissioner Mike Garrison uh, 
spoke on it. One of the things he said was clean up, clean it up or bow out immediately, if not sooner. So is he basically saying if you guys don't cut this out, like we will get you out of the section basically? Was Or was that more just kind of no, a – that's what I worded. I mean, that was oh, okay. kind of just seemed to me. It's like clean it up or get out. Um, basically, what he's saying, any section commissioner across the state is going to tell its member schools, hey, you know, you know, act like you belong. Act like you're a champion. Don't, you know, what, what's with the hooliganism and the boorish behavior and the soccer mentality from, you know, across the globe where it's somehow cool and to brawl and get after? It's not cool. It's a bad look. You get suspended. You get thrown out. You, you have to sit out games. Some schools suspend these student athletes for that. So basically, yeah, I, I worded it for him. Is you know, if you don't want to play and compete by you know what the principles of the section office or the state CIF is pursuing victory with honor, then then turn your gear in. Uh, that's pretty much what they're saying. That should be that way. Because um, some of these, I saw some of the footage of some of these brawls, just bad deal, including assistant coaches racing out into the field with their Macho bravado, yanking off helmets of opposing players—you know, unacceptable. Um, Christian Brothers assistant coaches getting after people—unacceptable. Um, you know, players off the bench, players in games—just, just, just not good, not good. And more fights this season than any season I can ever remember. And I talked to some reporter friends in the Bay Area. No, no real fights this year. So it's just—it's not a statewide issue. It's just, um, just kind of a bad flare-up that's happened this season, and it's um. Just not. It's just. It's just bad. It's bad for the. I mean, there was Rio Americano and El Camino last week had a game stopped in the first quarter for brawling. How, how bad is that? You know, what a way to end your season. Um, you know, when that happens, and the Whitney Grant brawl was as ugly as it gets. Um, and it, cert, it certainly cost Grant tonight. That's for sure. Yeah, there was video uh, on social media of that Whitney Grant brawl. It was ugly. It was bad. Yeah, it was not. Yeah, and our good friend Mark Billingsley is covering that game tonight at Grant uh, Sackby.com, and he's got a lot of strong comments from uh, the Grant coach Mike Albergini, who you know was upset about the whole thing. Everybody's mm-hmm. you know pretty disturbed by it. It's not a good deal. Definitely, Joe. Uh, you mentioned so this is the first year of the new playoff format, correct? So first year of buys yeah. for these teams. Yes. So do, do you know how do teams feel about getting this bye week? Are they pretty happy about it, or is there any concern of? loss of momentum, et cetera, or is it, hey, a week off after, you know, 10 straight weeks sounds good to us? I think uh, I think most of the programs love to having a, a, a week off. Mm-hmm. They love the idea of being able to scout. They want to rest and recover. Now, Sheldon in Division One asked the Sackville King section office, hey, we'll take a five seed despite a 9-1 record, a nine-game winning streak, and winning the Delta League. We'll take a five seed and a playoff game right away because we want to keep playing. And, you know, the section listens. That doesn't mean that they're influenced by it, but that's what happened. So they got a five seed and played tonight and beat Modesto, uh, which tells you that Sheldon wants to keep the momentum. That's 10 games. In, that's a 10-game winning streak and a healthy team. If you're all banged up and thinned in numbers, you, you're taking as much time off as you can. Mm-hmm. Joe, uh, we are going to be bringing in Mark uh, Billingsley in just a little bit as he's going to be joining us, telling us all about that that Grant game. Uh, you and your your staff at SACB all season long have done such a fantastic job. And if uh, anybody is out there who doesn't necessarily have a horse in the race but wants to follow all the fantastic playoff football happening in the SAC Joaquin section, what are you guys providing on SacramentoB.com? Anything you're working on specifically that you want to tell us about? 
just good game stories. Uh, we featureize them. We look ahead, not just a blow by blow of the game. Um, you know, good photo galleries, good video by our, our, our staff and our good people, Brian Bear, Jose Luis Villegas, Thomas Frey, Mark Billingsley is, is a terrific reporter. He's done this a long time. Um, and he knows how to big picture. He knows how to interview. He knows how to get good flavor. Uh, you know, you want to make these stories readable so people anywhere can read them. So it's not just a game by game, blow by blow, quarter by quarter thing. Uh, we've got, um, you know, uh, features, uh, all kinds of stuff. And our, so do our friends down at Modesto B, modb.com, the Stockton Record, Front Row, uh, frontrowpreps.com has some good coverage, uh, blackhatfootball.com. They really cover the 209 area down there. And so a lot of good comprehensive coverage with video and photos and interviews and insight, flavor. And uh, high school football gets a huge readership because, you know, there's some great programs out there and great teams and good coaches and good traditions. It's it's, it's fun to do. Um, you know, we, uh, we, 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 we appreciate doing it. We love the playoffs. It's nice to have 7 p.m. kickoffs right on the dot. No yeah. JV games. You know, woohoo. Um, and it gets better and better. We, we're still in good weather, man. You know, when, when's the rain coming? Absolutely. Well, Friday night football, there's the Modesto B, there's, and of course, especially the Sacramento B. You really have no excuse uh, to not follow this high school, uh, these high school football playoffs. Joe does a fantastic job, uh, and he will be joining us hopefully again next week and in the weeks to come as this uh, these plays, uh, playoffs continue. Joe, thank you again so much for uh, coming on tonight. Thank you for a great season, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, eh, hopefully many more good days and good stories to come. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, guys. Uh, I appreciate it. I think Matt hit the uh, blocking sled too many times, so the blocking sled yeah, hit him. He's losing it. If I hit a blocking <laughs> sled, I would be blown back about 20 yards. Yeah, the blocking sled definitely hits Matt, it for w- sure. It would have started a brawl. <laughs> yeah. No, no. You would have started a one-man brawl with the uh, blocking sled and, 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 and said – his fault. He started it. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I appeared on the lowdown with Damian Barling today, previewing this show and previewing our conversation. And he asked me, and I, I think he was somewhat serious if I played football. And I told him I was one of the uprights. <laughs> oh, that's good. Hey, you know that's what? I, uh, we, we could be candid, right? I mean, I heard that interview earlier today and, yes. uh, I, I didn't learn anything, Matt, Matt. I'm sorry. I just didn't, you know, I, I, I tried to listen. I just didn't learn anything. So <laughs> I, 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 I turned it to another channel. Well, Joe, why do you think we have you on so you can teach the people? We're just here to, to bring you to them. How about that? <laughs> That's even better. Now it's good to mess with you guys, and uh, uh, we'll talk next week for sure. We'll, we'll ride this thing right on down. The, you know, the, the championship teams like Folsom are expecting to play 16 weeks. Oh, yeah. So that's, uh, we're just getting started. we got five more weeks to go. Let's Oof. do it. I'm excited. <laughs> Joe, thank you so much. We have your former best friend now that Charles T. Hamilton has taken over. Yes. Mark Billingsley is joining us next. So uh, be sure to stay tuned and listen to, listen to that. But thank you so much for taking the time. Have a good one. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate that, it. That is Joe Davidson from the Sacramento Bee coming up next. Also from the Sacramento Bee, Mark Billingsley, who is at this Grant game. He will be with us right after the break. Welcome back into Friday Night Football. Matt George, Charles T. Hamilton inside the KHDK studios. The Sacramento Bees, Mark Billingsley, going to be joining us here in just a little bit. He was at that Grant game as they fell to Downey. That was our Stockton Honda game of the week, so he's sure going to be able to bring uh, give you all of the updates from that game. Our thanks once again to Joe Davidson for doing another fantastic job of uh, filling us in, letting us know everything that has been going on around the greater Sacramento area. You know what one of my favorite things that Joe does when I ask him a question about a team he doesn't know much about or says he doesn't know much about? He's like, oh, I don't know about this, and then gives us a good 10 minutes on those teams. Right. I love it. But he doesn't know the best. Yeah, about I, you know, not too sure about these guys, but in 79 they had. <laughs> you want to know what happens when we don't know 
anything in radio, we go to commercial. Yeah, seriously. Uh, let me tell you, I don't know anything about this team, but we got to take a break. Yeah. So we're going to uh, – anyway. Uh, but right now, Bar- uh, Mark Billingsley, the former best friend of Joe Davidson, mm-hmm. now that Charles D. Hamilton went, and he basically bro- uh, drove a stake and a wedge in yeah. between uh, that relationship because that is Chuck, and Chuck has to be in yeah. the middle. Uh, but, you know, Chuck might also be competing for the best friend role of Mark Billingsley, That's so maybe he can, he can connect those two in that way as well. But Mark joining us right now, he was at that Grant game earlier on today. Mark, playoff football is a hard, uh, whole new beast. How are you, man? How you how do you uh, enjoy week one of the, uh, the the playoffs here in the Sac Joaquin section? Real good, real good. I actually like the, uh, the new playoff brackets. I think it's great. Um, two years ago, I had to cover uh, Kennedy versus Folsom at Folsom. I think it was 69 to nothing. At halftime, nice. so it was just one of those things where um, you just kind of felt for everybody concerned. You felt for Kennedy, certainly, and you felt for uh, for Folsom. That was just kind of thinking, you know, we probably have a better uh, a better effort in practice and, and, and learn more about ourselves in, in this game. So <laughs> anytime you can keep the top four out, uh, let the other ones scrap, take the, uh, the next step and, and, and face off against those top four, I think it's a pretty cool little, uh, little wrinkle, and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, Mark, I'm glad you brought up the uh, the uh, the addition of the bye weeks and the changing of the uh, the playoff format and the system because I mean you mentioned that that 69 to nothing first half uh, for Folsom last year or a couple of years yeah, ago. I, something like that. It was well, ugly. either way, those blowouts for those massive programs. Joe came on with us and he said nobody wants to see that, and not just that, even the programs themselves. It's not like Folsom grows or learns or, or gains from that, other than getting to play maybe some third stringers that normally wouldn't get some playoff run. Uh, but you appreciate yeah. these uh, the seating system the way it is. You have to like it going forward. And ultimately, it seems like it's better for just the quality of the games that we're seeing uh, and then giving programs some rest as they look to make deep playoff runs. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like, he, I, I was listening to Joe's interview, and he was talking about the Del Oros and the Placers and the, and the, the Folsons, the, the teams here, at least the, the, in the northern part of the section, that are have, they, you know, they have their eye on the, the state prize. They're, they're not going to be happy with just uh, even a NorCal, uh, they want to win it all. And anytime you can give them an extra week to rest up, to look at more game film and just kind of get ready, it's, only, it's you know it's like a a late season buy in the NFL is a lot more valuable than having a week five buy in terms of getting people healthy. If you're a, t- a team that's a, a playoff team or, or thinking about a Super Bowl, so it's kind of the same thing here with uh, with these uh, upper echelon high school teams getting ready to to make a, a state bowl run. Absolutely, and, and mentioning the seating in the, in the new format. Uh, you know, losing losing in the playoffs, it it's not great, but losing you know eighty to nothing to Folsom in the first round, that 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 losing team doesn't gain anything from that. They might as well have just ended the season a week earlier. So I couldn't agree more, well, yeah. Joe. Sorry, Mark. Go ahead. I think, if you, I think if you if you travel two hours, yeah, and you get you get beat like that, uh, you know that is a a tough ride home, and uh, the caravan of supporters, your parents, your your brothers and sisters, your your classmates. Uh, they're not having much more fun either driving driving behind you as, as you slink down I-5 or, or 99 or whatever because you're traveling back and forth. And uh, So, yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty good. And the game I saw tonight with Downey, uh, you know, number 11 seed, they were 6-4. and four. Uh, They played up this year. I, I was talking to their coach afterwards about uh, – he said, you know, when we got beat by, you know, a combined score 115 to 35 in two consecutive years, 13 and 14 playoffs, they came up to Grant both years and just got smacked. He said, you know, if, if we're going to beat a team like Grant in Division Two, because uh, they're going to continue to, to uh, pit us against these guys, we're going to have to schedule up. And, and he did this year. They played McClymans out of Oakland, which is a, a perennial power. 
uh, in the East Bay, and then uh, he played uh, Merced as well, which has been just a, a juggernaut down in the, in the southern part of the section. And, and uh, they, they lost both games, but they learned a lot about themselves, and they, they were able to uh, advance their program. And they came in tonight, and, you know, I don't know, even with, if Grant was 100%, had all their starters, everyone was healthy, if they would have had enough to stop uh, Downey tonight, to be honest with you. Um, Downey looked pretty impressive. Now, you, you put a Paris Warren and, and and a couple other players that were suspended tonight in the defensive backfield in their safety positions and would have might have stopped a couple of those long games or certainly some of the touchdowns that, that were mostly scored in the middle. Uh, you just don't know. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how they play against Intercom next week. That's uh, that's going to be interesting for sure. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully my former best friend schedules me that game. Next week. <laughs> I'll talk to him, see what I can do for you, Mark, because, you know, okay, me and Joe are close now, so I'll, yeah, I'll hook you up. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up the, the situation. The good thing about not being Joe's friend anymore is I don't have to buy the beers anymore because he's a notoriously cheap cheap dude, man. So yeah, no, I don't it's... have to buy beers anymore. I don't have to get him a birthday present or a Christmas present. You know, he never gets me any of those things. So, it's definitely uh, been hitting my wallet, but uh, yeah, it's nice to yeah. nice to be friends. Did you hear what he said to me, Mark? That he listened to me earlier today and didn't learn anything. Can you believe he would say something like that? You would never say anything like that, would you? Uh, no, no. <laughs> no I, I I listen to KHDK all the time, even even in my classroom, and and uh, you know, and I get in trouble. That's how dedicated I am. See, I, Mark's I, my I, guy. I tell the kids. I tell the kids to shut up. I'm listening to the Sports Talk Radio. Exactly. You My know man. what? Chuck, you can have Joe. I got Mark. <laughs> Mark, you brought up the game and the fact that so many Grant players were out. And so watching the game and and, and, uh, and seeing how they played, you, you felt like it might not have – obviously it would make a difference, but it might not have meant a difference in the win column. Coming in, though, do you think if all these players were active and able to play that maybe Grant would have been favored? Yeah, I, I think the, the seeding would have been right um, simply because the SFL is so much stronger than any of the Modesto City Leagues that they play down there. So I, I think the seedings would have been correct, but it wouldn't have been, you know, the, the huge six versus, you know, 11 or 11 versus six uh, winning upset. It, you know, it would be one of those the seeding, um, upset seeding-wise, mm-hmm. but basically on, on the field, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Uh, you know, Grant, to their credit, Joe mentioned in his interview that they, they, they should have beat Del Oro, uh, and if they would have beat Del Oro, they probably would have got the four seed. So that that snafu that happened a couple of weeks ago, uh, when they didn't get the uh, two point conversion off and had to settle for uh, you know a PAT try, that one goes wide to lose twenty two twenty one. Had they beat Del Oro, uh, that would have really thrown things in, and they probably would have been the four seed against. And Grand Bay would have been the six seed, and then Albie Albie would have had an extra week to get his kids that he brought up and his second and third stringers coached up a little better to, to face a team uh, like Downey or whoever else they would have been uh, uh, seated against as opposed to just trying to throw in whoever he could. I mean, he had to he had to come up with three new offensive linemen. He had to come up with, he had to replace two-way starters uh, in the running back and their uh, uh, main receiver. Um you know, they were just really hampered. And, and, you know, like I said, I mean, Downey played a very good game. They had a great game plan. Uh, they had a couple of trick plays that uh, you can tell that they run quite a bit into to very good effect. Uh, you know, so they're they're a good team. I think uh, Intercom's got, uh, got their hands full next week. Definitely. Uh, so this brawl or whatever, wasn't it Grant and Whitney last week? 
Yeah, and you know, you, you hear obviously there's two sides to this. Yeah, Rick says that uh, you know when a coach comes on the field and, and attacks one of their players, you know, all bets are off, and, and you know that's that's something different. And uh, you know, we, it, it doesn't really matter what happened with Whitney; they, they they didn't win a game, so you know <laughs> they're not going anywhere. They didn't suffer any consequences. But uh, I think Albie, you know, when I talked to him today, uh, it's in my story. Uh, he says, you know, I'm not really upset about that. Rules are rules. Uh, you know, that unfortunate, obviously, he was disappointed. And yeah. it's not like there's no effect or anything. But, he, you know, he said, hey, that's, that's what happened. And we had, we got to deal with that. But he was just kind of upset that, you know, him and, and – or it's not him, but his program and Granite Bay's program, they both ended up 5-5 five and five overall, 3-3 three and three in a rough and tumble SFL. But the head-to-head, he, he felt the head-to-head should have been the deciding factor. They beat them in overtime, 28-21 or 29-21. Uh, so, yeah, 28-21. You know, it should have been given to them. That's what, what he felt. And that would have given him that extra week. Yeah, he would, still wouldn't have been able to get his players, his main players, but he'd have that extra week to coach up some of the sophomores he, he brought up off the JV team. For instance, yeah. uh, he had to replace his long snapper, which affects punts. And they, you know, their punting game was was not that great. Not that you know they're really super on that, but uh, you know, anytime you change those little things, uh, it makes a big difference, especially when you're trying to get back into games. Field position is key all the time, but especially when you're already down three scores. Yep, I'm glad you brought up the. Downey put up 35 on him in the first quarter. It's got to be Albie's worst – in fact, I'm positive it's Albie's worst playoff uh, home loss in his some four-decade uh, career at Grant. I mean, it's just uh, – yeah, it's, it's ugly. And, you know, do you put an asterisk on it or don't? You know, that's that's kind of a question. Is it, is it one of those things where, uh, well, could have, would have, should have, you know, if they had the, all all ten starters and uh, or ten players and eight starters or, or not? Who knows? Yeah. You'll never know. I'm glad you brought up Whitney in that situation. You know, they, they're not in the playoffs. Do you know will players be uh, punished next year? Like if juniors going into next season, will they be held out for the first game of the uh, of the season, do you yeah, think? That's a, that's a darn good question, and, and, and Joe's, Joe's the one to ask on that. He, he's got the, the, the ear of Mike Garrison, the, the, the session guy. You think that there's got to be some kind of punishment for the program, for the, for the players or something. Otherwise – you'd have brawls happening all the time, you know, that, that, that there would be no, well, we're 0-10, we might as well go ahead and take our frustrations out on this team, uh, you know, or something like that. But uh, I would like to see something like that happen just, just to send a message to, you know, there's going to be repercussions some way, somehow for, for, for doing that, for being involved in that. Whether you started it or not, you were involved. And if you left the, the bench, then you're just as guilty as the grant players. So there, there should be some kind of a, uh, you know, penalty to be paid, but I don't know. I don't know if there's a rule or if that's a, if there's already a precedent for that. I, I, I'm, that's a darn good question. Mark, I don't know if you have an updated bracket uh, in front of you. Uh, I'm looking at some of these matchups for next uh, next week, and and one that jumps off the page in particular, Division One matchup between number five seed Sheldon and number four seed St. Mary's. As Sheldon got the job done tonight, beating the Modesto twenty seven to fourteen. Are there any matchups in particular that you are uh, keeping an eye on for next week? That man, those could be some potentially really uh, really good, really interesting games. Well, I mean, I, yeah. Sheldon's kind of lurking in the weeds, and, and I think they're they're one of those teams that um, really striving for that that respect. You know, they they kind of you know, the Elk Grove is still kind of the the uh, storied Elk Grove area pro 
program and, and you know, whatever, even if they're in different divisions, they still kind of, uh, Elk Grove kind of garners most of the attention, especially if they're in the playoffs, which they almost always are. So I think Sheldon's got a chip on her shoulder trying to be the, uh, you know, the little brother, uh, trying to, you know, begging mom for a little more attention than, than the older brother. So that's kind of interesting to me, uh, what kind of run. And then now that since we do have the different brackets, it's be interesting to see sometimes these teams, they get a week off and they either get complacent or they get kind of fat and lazy or, you know, is that going to happen? Is, is that going to come into you? You get come out, a Delora comes out a little flat, and before you know it, they're they're playing on the back of their heels and, and the upsets happen. Who knows? So it'd be interesting to see next week as everybody starts playing, the top four seeds now have games. Uh, is this bye week, was it a great thing, or was it kind of a, a hindrance? Was it, uh, are you going to have some coaches next week kind of going, hey, I don't like this. Let's go back to the team week. Exactly. I, I would love to hit coaches with true serum and hear what they actually feel because I'm I'm sure it's got to be close to split. Happy that, you know, we're getting a week of, of rest or some that are like, well, we're on a roll here. I, I don't want to take a week yeah. off. Yeah, exactly. And and, and then the kids, uh, you know, I know that our district's getting close to uh, to progress reports. So now you're, now you're thinking about grades and, and all that stuff. Uh-oh. It's a week, week possible that that can get into uh, the kids' heads and uh, extra stressors or they're not just focused on football, that it's not as, uh, um, you know, as focused. Now that they kind of can rest a little bit, you know, and, and so does that does that factor in the next Friday's games with one through four uh, starting, starting their playoff runs? It would be interesting to see that. that. That's what I want to see. A team like Placer with a lot of uh, playoff experience, going up against a, a team that's that's going to be young and hungry and, and, and trying to knock them off. Progress uh, reports. I, I would love, I'd love to see Foster next week. That, that's a darn good team, all facets of the game. So they're, they're complete. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go back to the state, state title game. Definitely. Progress reports were my least favorite time of the year. So I can sympathize yeah. with those players, man. I yeah, always knew it meant trouble not, was coming. It's not, it's not a – you're uh, automatically in summer school, but it is definitely a uh, come to Jesus moment in terms of uh, your grades. You know, you, you got only a couple weeks after that to, to get your stuff together. So, uh, you know, some of these teams now they go deep and then they have to worry yeah, about yeah. They have to worry about some kids uh, maybe dropping off because they're, they're less than two point two point five. So uh, that is also a concern for these programs as they go deep into the playoffs and they get closer and closer to December cutoffs are great. Did you say two point five now? Uh, I believe it's 2.5, isn't it? It was just 2.0. It was 2.0 when I was, but but that was, you know, I think get, a decade ago. Yeah. Oh, geez, that would have cost me some games. <laughs> yeah. Probably, you know. I was, uh, I was, I'm old enough that they still had to mail them. So I had a chance to intercept and at least know what I had to defend myself against. Uh, so, yeah, that's, I, I don't know how uh, that. Yeah, nowadays, nowadays, nowadays they have parent portals with separate uh, uh, PIN numbers. Screw and that. Exactly. exactly. That's awful. Yeah, it's like yeah. giving your parents your PIN number when you first get your, yeah, forget uh, it. your, your bank account. Yeah, exactly. Oh. I, I, well, I, have a, I have a daughter that's a freshman at Rio, and I know her, her, her passcode to her phone. If I ever have to get in there and see, uh, see what's going on on social media, <laughs> you know, we, pay the bills, we pay the bills on that thing. So there's a, you don't get privacy until you're out of the house. Got well, that right. That's different. That's dad rights. That's that's total dad <laughs> rights. Well, that's versus- dad rights. But- yeah, we're talking about grades, you know. I, I can get into and take a look at her grades and, and often do. See, I was always afraid to bring my grades home to my mom, let alone having to deal with a coach and a whole team that are counting on you. So I'll uh, I'll, I'll pass on that. I can only imagine the stress of that. But it, it it's nothing compared to really 
the the stress of some of these playoff games. And I asked Joe about this, and I'm curious your take on it. Um, one of my favorite things about football playoffs at any level is the fact that it, it is win or go home. So anybody can win on any, any given night and anything can happen. Um, is there that next level that you see, especially from this section, the SAC, uh, SAC Joaquin section, uh, that these programs are able to flip this proverbial switch, that they're able to take it to a next level? Uh, do you see that difference? And did you see it already tonight in just this game compared to regular season action? Nah, no, not really. I, you know, Downey hasn't had much success in the, in the playoffs. Grant has, but they're a totally different team. You know, they're young, really super young. I mean, incredibly young. They're going to be really good next year. But uh, so they can't really rely on their pedigrees because they're two totally different programs. Uh, but you look at a Folsom, you look at a Placer, you look at a Del Oro. Uh, they have kids on these teams now that are seniors that, that played key roles, uh, maybe even the, the last couple of years. I mean, Placer's got a couple of sophomores. Uh, that or last year they were sophomores, juniors now that were studs on their on their team that almost won a state title last year. So you bring that kind of experience, and, and you're not going to get rattled first round in the playoffs. I would think you're not going to get rattled if you've already played in a state title championship game. Uh, so those those teams are, are chomping at the bit. I think they they want to get to that uh, highest level, the uh, the biggest stage, and, and kind of show off who they are and what they can do and and bring that uh, that ring to the to the, back to the school. That's that's what they want to do. So, yeah, Folsom's is kind of like, let's go, let's do it. This is what we've been working for since last April. Let's uh, let's prove it. You know, let's get let's get it on. So, I don't expect those guys to have a letdown at all. But you know, you might get a uh, you might get a four or five or something like that that comes down to just a scrap or some kid coming up and uh, uh, just. Uh, you know, having a game of his life and going for 345 and, and four, you know, it just out of nowhere and, and the team didn't, didn't expect it. So, yeah, that's what's great about playoffs, man. You know, the uh, uh, anything can happen, like you said, and, and boy, you, you might get some suspensions, you might get some grades, you might get some uh, kid doing something stupid with the, with the substances, and, you know, you never know. You never know. Mark, uh, last thing for you. Do you know if you're going to be out there tomorrow for uh, Jesuit and Wood Creek? And then do you know where you're going to be for uh, next week yet? No, I got practice starting up. So I got some, uh, I got some previous engagements and, and Joe and I aren't friends anymore. So yeah. you know, if I'm not his best friend, I don't want to be his friend at all. I mean, I might as well just be acquaintance and we'll just be on Facebook yelling at each other over politics. Well, so. we'll, we'll go, <laughs> we'll go grab a beer tomorrow night then, or we'll, we'll do, oh, we'll do something fun. There you go. Sounds good. Mark, you said you got practice starting. What uh, what do you are you a coach or what's what's uh, what you got? Yeah, I, I coach the, uh, the freshman girls basketball team at Rio Americano High School. Nice, right on. Uh, yeah, so this is my first year coaching uh, in, at this level, at the high school level. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We uh, we got a pretty good team, and uh, uh, if nothing else, we're going to learn and grow and and have a lot of fun. So, so we should expect uh, we should expect undefeated, or you're uh, you're you might get be losing the job, huh? Well, there's, there's no freshman championships, in, no matter what league. <laughs> well, then you're going to so, make one. <laughs> yeah, you can't put that on a resume. And, and my job is not to go 22-0. and 0. My job is to uh, develop these players so they can, uh, when they rise up through the program, they can be uh, better players and uh, even better young women. Oh, he's that's already right. got his coach speak down. That's awesome, Mark. That's that's great stuff, man. <laughs> uh, is that pretty good? Yeah, that yeah was pretty no good. question. <laughs> it's on the hard. It's true. It's yeah. true. I'm, I'm there to develop them. So, you know, if, if we went along the way, great. But it's not like I'm going to be, uh, uh, you know, 
keeping the, the only top five in there and, you know, going four corners and, you know, try, <laughs> trying to ice a win and stuff like that. No, we're going to be running You're off. not going to be the, the heir apparent to Gino Oriema or anything? Oh, no, yeah. I don't have any great designs. <laughs> to be a, a professional coach, so I'm not going to step on my girls to try to elevate myself to, to bigger and better things in, in the coaching realm, no. That's that's cool to hear, man. I'm I'm glad to hear that you're a coach. I I've always wanted to get into that. Some of my friends have also, and it it's rewarding and fun. I think that's great, Mark. Yeah, we make about twenty five cents an hour. When yeah, we take the stipend and divide it by the amount of hours invested. <laughs> but uh, that's it's not about it's not about the stipend. It's a nice little bump when you get it if you get it. Uh, but it's uh, you know it, it's uh, <laughs> we don't do it for the money. That's for, <laughs> that's for time. All right, Mark. We just went to commercial break, so it's just the three of us talking. It's really about twenty two and zero in it. <laughs> Well, if I can go twenty-two and zero, yeah, I'll, I'll be snapping my jersey. I'll be, I'll be doing a little victory lap. Yeah, that's right. We'll be, we'll be seeing this guy coaching UConn in, in a couple of years or something like that. He's just, he's just too modest for his own good. Mark, you're the man. Thank you so much for taking the time and joining us here. We look forward to chatting with you next week. Uh, keep up the great work for the Sacramento Bee, and and best of luck with your first uh, your practices and with that uh, that team you're getting going. Great, thanks, guys. Appreciate See you it. Next week. That is Mark Billingsley of the Sacramento Bee. All of their great work there you can check out right now. We are over for a break. One more hour left. So much to get to, including scoreboards. And we have Del Oro head coach Jeff Walters joining us. Del Oro knows who they're facing next week as they are the number one seed in Division Two. We have all that and more for you coming up next on Friday Night Football. Welcome to Y'all played a great football game tonight. A real good football game. Now, back to more of the Friday Night Football Show. Presented by Wingstop. Here's Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. One hour in the books, one hour still to go. Week one of the playoffs. Friday Night Football action. Sack Joaquin section from Division One all the way to Division Seven. We have all the coverage for you right here on the number one high school football radio show in all of the world. Yes, I'm claiming it. And it's because of guys like Joe Jackson and Mark. It has nothing to do with us. Maybe a little bit of you. You're you're yeah. a former lineman, so yeah. you, you you carry the load. Like Legend. Said, I'm basically a upright. Legend in my own mind. I'm That's a, a great joke, by the way, man. I'm sorry I missed that. Well, you know, hey. One of the good things about looking like me is is uh, I probably would have been good at, at, at breaking tackles. Well, not breaking tackles. Sorry, avoiding tackles because all I have to do is turn sideways. Damien... He must have been joking when he asked. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, like he couldn't yeah. get it through. Yeah. He like okay. he got four words in and then was, as okay. soon as he said like did you play as soon as he hit play, okay. uh he 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 broke. Just had to make sure. Yeah. I mean, I broke my arm on a corn maze. What makes you think I could do anything <laughs> of value on a football field? <laughs> That's the true story, by the way. What were you doing in a corn maze, Matt? What do you? I mean, you always go to corn mazes around Halloween, don't you? I mean, I, that, well, that's kind of what I expected, so, but like this is perfect content for Friday Night Football. It's the best. So we, uh, we were. It was I think a, it's the best thing we've done all year. It was a youth group trip, and uh, it was one of these corn mazes that was so big you had to like take a like a little bridge thing to get into it. And so we're talking about, like, a bus full of, like, 40 kids goes sprinting through this. Of course, there's corn stalks all over the ground, and I, like an idiot, am running. I trip, I fall, my wrist hits the ground, I heard a pop. You got trampled? Yep, that's why you signed waivers. See, if he was an athlete, he would have known high knees. Yeah, high knees and how to break his fall, for sure. What, are the, what the hell is high knees? Oh, high knees, goodness. high stepping, man. Come on, oh, come on, man. man. Come on. That's, that's, that's football talk. It's oh, football got talk. It. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick to watching it and sewing. <laughs> 
This is Friday Night Football with uh, two athletes and me, Matt George, Josty Hamilton, Chris Watkins in the other room. You're recovering from a rough night, Chris, as Yuba City defeated your Christian brothers. You okay? Yeah, you know, I'm recovering. Falcons, we, we really haven't had that much uh, postseason success. The honkers, dude. Shout out the honkers. Yeah, man, you know. You want to tell your coaches to settle down and stop fighting people? Hey, man, you know. I, that was you out tough, there, wasn't yeah. it? You were just dressed it's, up as a You coach. know, we just sometimes – Christian brothers, we just we we just want it so bad. Get a little hot, know? you know. Yeah, yeah. we just gotta come in a br- little hot. Bring it down, you know. It's, it's right. It's right. Yeah. Future's looking good. Let's get to this scoreboard. We got divisions five, six, and seven to run through, and then Jeff Walters of Delaware High School, the Golden Eagles, will be joining us here in just a little bit. But right now, more scores. Here's Division Five. Number eight seed versus number nine seed Los Banos and Oristimba. A close game here as Los Banos gets the job done at home, 38 to 31. They advance to take on number one seed Colfax next week. Ooh. Foothill taking on Pioneer. Foothill won this one easily at home, putting up 55 points on Pioneer. The fifth seed advances to take on Sonora. Still waiting for a final score from Dixon and Center. If you have that, please send it in to us. You can reach us on the text line 44 11 40. Finally, Mountain House, the seventh seed taking on Union Mine. The 10th seed, Mountain House, wins 53-30. to They will take on Rippin next week. <laughs> Calaveras taking on Highlands. Calaveras puts up 44, while Highlands puts up 7. Calaveras will be taking on Escalon next week. And then we got Houston taking on Amador. Houston, number 7, taking on number 10, Amador. Amador comes in, gets the upset victory, 37-19. to Amador moves on to take on Hillmar next week. Still waiting on finals for uh, Argonaut Bradshaw Christian and Rio Vista and Waterford looking at division six now nope I'm wrong <laughs> division seven <laughs> there it is I know what I'm doing Gustine Millennium Gustine getting the victory by one point it was a number four seed versus a five seed Gustine advances to take on Denaire next week 28-27 the final Golden Sierra taking on Woodland Christian the number three seed versus the number six seed Golden Sierra gets the win they will take on Big Valley Christian next week on Friday November 9th Ooh. we have the full scoreboard for you right now on khdk.com all of these brackets are up there all the final scores are up there as well as our Stockton Honda game of the week vote that is not up yet by the way once we have all of these finals in uh, we will be putting up the full poll for all these games that you can vote on next uh, for the Stockton Honda the game of the week on cagedk.com all week next week so be sure to be a part of that you can also check out the california family fitness player of the week award which charles d hamilton so eloquently gave out earlier oh. this week but right now the the del oro golden eagles if you didn't know they had a fantastic season only one loss to the Folsom bulldogs go figure del oro is the number one seed in division two they just found out or found out a little while ago that they will be facing Tracy next week as the number eight seed Tracy beat the Lincoln Fighting Zebras 49 to 28. Jeff Walters has been kind enough to spend time with us all season long, including in studio at one point. We didn't get the chance to talk to him next week after that tough loss to Folsom, but I know there's no quit in his program and himself and his players. Uh, They're looking forward to this matchup heading next week, and he's kind enough uh, to join us now here on Friday Night Football. How are you doing, Coach? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on again, guys. Absolutely. Anytime, my friend. So uh, 
the the tough defeat against Folsom, we're not going to spend too much time on that because we, we know what happened. We know how good of a program Folsom is. Uh, but now you, you have to get your guys ready, and you have an extra week with this new playoff system, the new format, uh, to get these guys ready. First off, before we dive into anything, how do you like having this bye week? Are you on the side of it's nice for us to have an extra week of practice to get ready and some rest? Or are you one of those coaches that's like, man, we've been on a roll. We've been playing well. We're in form. We want to just get out, back out there, especially after the loss to Folsom. Well, give me a dose of that truth serum that you were talking about earlier. Uh, I'll tell you the, I'll tell you, um, we love it. Um, I think, uh, I think that the section hit a home run on this. Uh, obviously, um, for a lot of the points you guys have been discussing so far throughout the program, you know, there just is a, a it's a lot of um, uneven matchups in that first round. Um, you know, when you consider we'd be sitting here talking about. As a number one seed, we'd be playing a, a 16 seed. And not to say that uh, teams don't deserve an opportunity to go to the dance because everybody wants to be able to participate in the class. But um, talking about experiences, my senior class actually, um, they played a first-round game three years ago uh, against, I want to say, Florin High School. And the final score was 85 to nothing. Oh, and my seniors as sophomores played three quarters of the game. Um, you know, and so, again, that's that's not what, what a playoff game is all about. Yeah. You don't want it to, to, to put a damper on a great season, you know, that, that both teams have had. Um, so, you know, obviously, I like the idea of the bye. You know, it's still a very competitive week for us. Uh, we talked all week about trying to win the bye week because – Every week is a playoff uh, playoff week, and nothing's guaranteed. So that was our goal every day was to just try to win that practice and make sure we were having fun and excited and getting rested up. So, Coach, you talked about the competitive side to this new uh, this new system in, in the bye week, uh, but what about the rest side? I mean, being a number one seed, and we know this program, we know how great this uh, Del Oro program is, you guys are not just eyeing uh, a couple more weeks of football. You're looking on plan for another month almost to go as deep as you possibly can. So how important is this week of rest in that, in that sense, in that scheme of things? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's huge, especially, you know, coming off of an SFL season. Um you know, it's a lot, of, lot, lot can be made about our last few games, but you know, the reality is, is SFL is a meat grinder. Um, but you know, that's why we really embrace the playoffs. Is um, we get an opportunity to go up against teams that haven't necessarily played those type of schedules um, and against those top tier uh, competition. Um, so we feel really, really prepared. And you know, any chance we get to make sure that we're we're nearing a hundred percent at this point in the year. It's, it's really beneficial. So, um, like I said, I, I love the format and, you know, we, uh, we're excited about where we're sitting right now. Coach, uh, I didn't want to harp too much on the game last week. The obviously not the result you wanted against that and fantastic Folsom Bull, uh, Bulldogs program. But how did the uh, how did your players approach this bye week this week? Were they just more than willing to get out there and, and just kind of avenge uh, that final score with a, a weeks of hard or week worth of, of hard work? Or how how were they and how did they handle that loss? Yeah, no, I mean. Uh... Um, one of one of the things we say in our program all the time is that the most important one is the next one. So um, we try not to really dwell too much in what, what happened in the past. You know, I always use the analogy that if you're driving uh, driving your car staring in the rearview mirror, you're going to smack head on into something you don't see coming. Um, so that's kind of our philosophy as we move forward. Um, 
we got to learn a lot about ourselves last week. You know, um, we got a different way of looking at things. Um, you know, failure to us, you know, fail stands for first attempt in learning. And that was all that we got last week was, you know, our first attempt in learning how to come off a loss. And we're excited about the opportunity ahead of us. Uh, got to watch a, a great football game tonight between Tracy and Lincoln. Um, and, you know, we're excited about the opportunity. I'm loving those, man. I'm writing down first attempt in learning right now. And then the, the right. rear view, those are good. Uh, so you mentioned you went and saw Tracy and Lincoln did some scouting. You're going to be taking on Tracy next week. You did not yeah. play them this year. Did you, did you play them last year or is this going to be your first time seeing them? Uh, you know, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure on Del Oro and Tracy, but, um, uh, I, my actual, my personal relationship goes back with Tracy for a little while. Um, Back before uh, contact camps were outlawed um, in the Bay Area, we actually went to the same contact camp for about uh, six years uh, together. Um, And then when I was uh, the head coach at Liberty of Brentwood, um, I scheduled uh, preseason games against Tracy. Um, Coincidentally, uh, that same Liberty team that's now number three in NorCal, um, Hmm. uh, this particular Tracy team, handed them their only loss as freshmen. So I got to see them up close and personal, and I know just how special this Tracy team is. So definitely going to be a dogfight, and uh, we're looking forward to it. You get the home field advantage, obviously, Coach, having the the number one seed, expecting a good crowd out there for that one, and uh, is there already a buzz around campus for it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, Del Oro and Loomis is a pretty special place anyways on a Friday night, you know, between our touchdown club that's, down in our end zone, um, you know, to um, to the great student section. And, you know, obviously the alumni support is just fantastic. And there's nothing better than, you know, talking with guys that I played with or, you know, even last year's kids coming back and, you know, giving you a hug and saying, what's up, coach? So we're expecting a great crowd and, you know, obviously welcome uh, Tracy up next uh, next week. You know, they have their own very, very rich football tradition. So I think it's going to be – good old fashioned uh, second round quarter quarter matchup. So I don't know if I shared this with you, coach, but back in 2011, when I was attending Wood Creek High School, I went and actually watched a game between the Wood Creek Timberwolves and Del Loro. And I, I sat there on the opposing bleachers on the opposing side and it ended up being pouring rain. But it was one of my favorite memories from a high school sporting event. The game was super close. The atmosphere there was great between both schools. Uh, is that something that you can expect for this week and how much do you personally as a coach and then do your athletes, your players feed off of that energy in that crowd? Oh, we love it. You know, um, one of the things that, that I did bring um, when I came back was uh, our stadium entrance is pretty electric and it, it really involves the entire crowd um, where uh, as we walk in um, basically from the darkness yep. uh, drummed in by our, our drum majors um you know, we sway back and forth, and the entire crowd does it as well. It's so, pretty rad. You know, the, the, yeah, the, the the thought process being, you know, that we're one town, one one family, one heartbeat, um, and that's kind of the way that we all go through it. So I'm expecting, you know, everybody to bring their A game next week, and, you know, it's playoff football, so if you don't bring your A game, you know, you pack it up for the season. So hopefully everybody's ready to go right down to the ball, boy. <laughs> Coach, you know me, I'm a – you know, sentimental football guy. And you mentioned, you know, seeing old players come back. And that was always one of my favorite things to go see an old coach. What What's it like as a coach when you get to see some of your old players come back and, and say what's up and show you some love? Oh, uh, you know, there's, it really is nothing better. I mean, that's why we do this. It, yeah. it's, 
is definitely not the stipend like uh, like Coach Billingsley was saying before. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's a pretty special thing, you know, getting to see your kids grow up. And, you know, we focus on the next one. But I tell you what, I, I take as much pride in seeing these kids at, at 25 as I do at, at seeing them at 18. And, you know, that's just – it's really, really special getting to watch them grow up and hoping that you had a positive impact on them along the way. Definitely, Coach. Well, something else that came out this week that I'm sure you're pretty proud of. Uh, I lost count. Must have been double digits of how many players you had uh, make all league this year. And uh, I want to yeah. talk to you about a couple of them. One of them, uh, Johnny Guzman was first team all league, utility, unanimous. And yeah. I know we've talked about him as a kick returner, and he's electric and a uh, number of uh, returns for touchdowns this year. What else does he bring to you uh, on and off the field? Like, is he also a DB receiver? And then off the field, what's a guy like that do for uh, for your your team? Yeah, no, I mean, um, yeah, he's a special kid. Uh, plays uh, plays safety as well as receiver. You know, um, that's the hard part for us is, you know, by league bylaws, you're only allowed to put up guys for one position. So as coaches, we had to look at our board and go, well, what are we going to do? You know, between us and Folsom, um, it's a pretty amazing array of receivers. And then, you know, not to knock, you know, some of the other receivers around the league. So you look up and all of a sudden there were 22 guys up for three spots at receiver. Um, wow. And we're all sitting around in this room trying to make heads or tails of, you know, how do we recognize the kids that deserve it? Um, so, you know, that's a great thing about Johnny is he runs the ball real well, plays great defense. He's obviously dynamic as a kick returner. You know, so I think that utility is a perfect spot for him. He's kind of the Swiss Army knife um, that can do a lot of really, really special things. And, you know, it's like you said, we, we felt very, very well represented with 13 first-teamers, um, you know, out of 35 total. So between us and Folsom, uh, there are 28 first-team votes between, wow. uh, between the two squads. So we're pretty proud of that. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that also, that you can only put them up for one one position because I see Dawson Hurst on here made first team as a defensive back. I know he's a good defensive back, but I've also you know seen him make headlines as a receiver. So I mean, right, I, I'm right. glad you kind of explained that because I was also wondering that uh, myself. Yeah. And also, quick shout out to my guy Charlie Rogers, inside linebacker, first team uh, all league. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm a fan of his Absolutely. from the time we spent together. Oh yeah, no, for sure. No, it was it was great to see Charlie. Actually, um, my tweet needed to be updated, um, but actually. Uh, um, they went back, and uh, I guess something had happened with the tabulation, but uh, Carson Jarrett actually was also recognized as a first-team quarterback as well. So nice. um, we actually snuck one more first-teamer onto there, uh, which got us to lucky number 13, as it were. So That's awesome. Um, like I said, it's just, just real, real proud. Um, you know, obviously, kids bust their tail, and we try to make sure they get recognized and, you know, makes it easy. Appreciate the update also because I have the list here and yeah I see him as second team but he made it onto first team that's great I also wanted yeah. to ask because uh, you know I'm a lineman and, and we we don't talk oh, about yeah. specific linemen uh, obviously but and I'll probably butcher the name but Tattoo Martinson was SFL lineman yeah. of the year what can what can you tell me about him Yo Tattoo is is a phenomenal young man um, and and again it speaks to the culture of Loomis he he's actually getting ready to coach in a um, youth ball championship tomorrow uh, against the, the Folsom Junior Bulldogs. <laughs> we have uh, our midget team is playing at 6 o'clock, so I'll be checking that out, and our peewees are playing against the same Folsom Bulldogs at 2 p.m. Um, so uh, the rivalries go all the way down to the youth <laughs> ball level. 
Um, and I love the fact that my high school kids are involved in coaching because that's how I got my start as well. Uh, Tattoo is just an amazing force. Um, he's the type of kid that if he's an inch taller, he probably has 15 to 20 offers. Um, yeah. But right now we're just trying to get people to understand that he plays bigger than his size. He's about 6'2", about 255. Um, ended up having, I think, three or four sacks against Folsom. Um, and just he's a monster, um, monster of a player. Our starting left tackle on offense, and you know, as as you know, um, I love my linemen, yes, um, and they're what make us go. Um, and this is definitely the most athletic and uh, nasty group I've ever had. So that's why it's it's just I'm so so excited that that group especially has been able to get healthy over the last uh, week and a half. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I hate that that height comes into recruiting, and I mean we see it all the way throughout the pros and and draft uh, draft classes and things like that. It's ridiculous, but that's how it is. That's too bad. But I'm I'm sure SFL lineman of the year definitely will will help. Uh, I, I got to yeah. ask, Coach. I'm a big mascot fan. Are you upset that you're playing the Tracy Bulldogs and not the Lincoln uh-huh. Fighting Zebras? Oh, you know what? I, I I got a lot of respect for for the zebras. I actually reached out to Coach Bean this week. Uh, just to say as much, um, just how much I respect their program. And, God, they put up a heck of a fight tonight. And, you know, the score really isn't indicative of, you know, just how close the game was. Um, you know, a lot of great players. And, you know, uh, my 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 buddy that I actually grew up playing ba- – uh, going to school with from first grade through high school is actually uh, the head basketball coach over at Lincoln. So um, definitely a huge fan of the Zebras and their student section, the zoo. Um, so it would have been great to have that that close rivalry, um, you know, reheated, at, especially after last year. Um, but definitely excited, obviously, to to take on the challenge with Tracy um, because, like I said, uh, uh, the coaches over there at Tracy, I got to know them real, real well um, early on in my career, and they do a great job with those kids. And they got a lot of really special playmakers for the Bulldogs over there. So it's like, all right, here we go again with the Bulldogs. Yes, sir. And coach, those Lincoln yep. Zebras—they gave Placer really all that they could handle. Placer undefeated in uh, in the final yeah. week of the season, but Lincoln nearly uh, snatched that title away from them in a very entertaining game at Lincoln. Uh, and the reason why I bring that up is I think that just speaks to the amount of talent that is in Division Two. And and you are mm-hmm. the number one seed in this division, but it's certainly not going to be a cakewalk. I know your team is ready and up for the challenge, but you have Tracy this week. You look at who else is in this division. Uh, Granite Bay is going to be taking on the winner of Jesuit Wood Creek. Tomorrow, you also have Indercom, who's played well all season long, Downey, Elk Grove, yeah. Central Catholic. Uh, can you speak a little bit about this division? And I have a feeling with you and with this team, you'd rather play tough competition all the way through because it makes you more ready for a deeper playoff run. Uh, you have to like this lineup of these uh, these talented programs that you have to work your way through. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, just recent history, we point to we were a seven seed last year that ended up all the way in the section championship. So, to me, you throw the number out next to the uh, next to the team because really all that determines is who's getting to wear the dark colored jerseys and who's wearing the light jerseys. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, you gotta you gotta win that that uh, uh, the game that's in front of you. I, Charlie was uh, our middle linebacker was at the game with us tonight scouting. And, you know, we were having that conversation, and I just said, Charlie, the only thing I'm focused on right now is trying to figure out how to score one more point than Tracy at this point. Yep. Um, you know, and and that's that's the way that we go into it. And he said, you know, well, that's that's the, the team aspect is we just got to figure out a way to make that happen, Coach. And so 
you know, it's great when one of your team leaders has that, that same type of philosophy that really doesn't matter. You're not, you're not trying to win style points. What you're trying to do is trying to represent your school and your community in the best way possible. And, you know, try to try to extend your football career one more game. Coach, I'm not asking for you to reveal the secrets of your fantastic scouting department, but if you were to tell me anything or give me a little inkling of what you saw from Tracy in this game here tonight, anything that, that caught your eye that uh, you don't necessarily have to present as a super secret, but something that you can, I guess, praise Tracy, a part of their game that you're certainly going to be paying attention to and game planning for this week. Oh, yeah. No, they very dynamic offense um, as far as the wing tee is concerned, and that's that's probably the thing that's most interesting as you look at the the playoff bracket as it stands out, you know, getting through the SFL where, you know, the predominant offense is spread. You look and it's, it's really a very run heavy bracket. Um, you know, Intercom runs the wing tee, um, Jesuit Veer, uh, Wood Creek's Veer. You've got um, Granite Bay that, you know, they're, they're in that spread, but you know, they'll tell you they're looking to run the ball more than they're looking to throw the ball. You know, it's it's going to be a very smash-mouth bracket, um, and that's what Tracy does extremely well. They control the line of scrimmage. they got some big, big guys, um, powerful guys. So um, we're definitely going to need to come up with some answers, um, you know, as far as doing some dynamic things with the ball and, you know, hopefully make them have to worry as much about what we do as much as uh, we'll be looking to stop them. Coach, i got to ask, have you implemented that one wing T play for me and named it after me yet? You know what? Believe it or not, we we did uh, we did put in a little wing tee um, in preparation for Folsom just to mess with them a little yeah, yeah. Uh, and give them a different different look here and there. Um, you know, again, the nice part about our offense was it had that flexibility already built in. Um, That's awesome. But I did I did get a couple crooked eyes from some coaches like, oh no, we're not going to the wing tee, are we? So, uh, but you know what? You got to you got to keep teams on their toes, exactly. and that's the fun part. Uh, fun part is you never know what I'm going to throw at you. <laughs> you didn't actually name it after Chucky, though, did you? Oh, absolutely. Chucky T all the way. Yeah, that's right. My man. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, Coach, I can honestly tell you it's a pleasure for me to be able to speak with you, but you should see the look on Charles's face when he finds out he's going to be chatting with you on a Friday Night Football episode. He loves it, and we've uh, we've appreciated you having or being around with us all season long. We're definitely going to be keeping close tabs on this game here next week, and we look forward to hopefully seeing you as go as deep as you possibly can. Uh, the Golden Eagles program has been so fun to follow and watch all season long. Regardless of what the result is for from here on out, uh, you and your program deserve a massive pat on the back so congratulations for the season the regular season that you had uh, now let's go get that job done in the postseason no doubt guys hope to be talking to you soon absolutely thanks fantastic coach. that is head coach jeff walters of the del oro golden eagles phenomenal guy phenomenal program if you don't have a rooting interest and you need one right now that's not a bad program to root for jeff is such a fantastic guy uh, and he really preaches um playing the game the right way and learning and he he's very student first over winning and over tallies in the win column which is super important in my opinion to have uh, as a head coach of any good youth football program we'll take the break when we come back we got more scores to share with you also we'll give or go over the award that we gave out earlier the uh the cal fit player of the week share with you how you can vote next week uh for the stockton honda game of the week that's all coming up in the final half an hour of friday night football friday night is football night big hits great plays touchdown Touchdown. school spirit 
All of that is on display and more all around Northern California. It's time, time for the, the Friday, Friday Night Football, Football Show. Show. Presented by Wingstop. Here are your hosts, Matt George and Charles D. Hamilton. Still a lot to get to here in the final half an hour of Friday Night Football. Week one of the Sac Joaquin football or playoff section here. And uh, we've gone through 11 weeks of regular season for you. It's been a fun ride. Now let's dive into some of these scores, Chuck, because we don't got much time. Why don't you kick us off with Division 1. Matt, you got it, buddy. Edison at home taking on Gregory. Edison gets the win, and they're going to move on to take on Folsom next week. That's kind of a rough prize. Easy there. game. Yeah. Sheldon taking on Modesto. Sheldon gets the W 27 to 14. Sheldon will take on St. Mary's next week, Friday, November 9th. Turlock at home taking on Consumers Oaks. Turlock gets the W 28. Zilch. Turlock will take on Oak Ridge next Friday. This game on Thursday should have started with it since it was Thursday, but Pittman took on Davis. Pittman got the W, 40-21. to 21. Pittman's going to move on to take on Monterey Trail next week. Jumping over to Division 2. You just heard us talking about Del Loro's next opponent, Tracy. Tracy defeated Lincoln, 49-28 to 28 to advance to take on them, Golden Eagles. Tomorrow is Jesuit against Wood Creek at 2 o'clock. So we'll see if Jesuit uh, can advance at home or if it will be Wood Creek moving on to take on the fourth seed, Granite Bay, who's waiting in the wings. Indercombe will now face Downey, who defeated Grant, 57-20. That was our uh, game of the week this week, our Stockton Honda game of the week. We'll have more information on how you can vote on next week's game of the week at KHDK.com in just a little bit. Finally, Elk Grove, the 10th seed, upset Vacaville, the 7th seed, 28-21. They advanced to take on Central Catholic. Buha County was at home taking on Ponderosa. They got the W28-19. BC will take on Capital Christian next week. Manteca at home taking on Burbank. Manteca with the W36 to six. They'll be playing Antelope next Friday. Sacramento taken on River Valley. River Valley comes in, gets the upset as far as seating is concerned, at least. 40 to 14. River Valley will take on Merced next week. And the Yuba City Honkers. Honk honk. Taking on Christian Brothers. They got the comeback win against the Falcons, right, Chris? I'm gonna cut off the mic. Yeah, Falcons. Yuba City moving on next week to take on the undefeated Placer. Oh, sorry. Maybe our game of the night here tonight, Division <laughs> 4. I was looking at you because I thought you were going with more. But no, that's that all I the, got. That was the end of the that's division. Division 4. How about this game? Game of the night, Pacheco and Sierra, 34-33 the final. Pacheco advances to take on number one seed Rio Linda. Oakdale defeated Valley 54-6. Oakdale the five seed now takes on fourth seed Wood next week. You have Patterson defeating Rosemont 48-21. They advance to take on Casa Roble. And then finally, Cordova defeated Golden Valley 31 to 24 to take on uh they will take on Vanden next week. So those are some of the scores for you. We still have division 5, 6 and 7, seven. which you can check out right now on khdk.com or you can just tune in cuz when we come back from the break we will share those with you plus a rehash of our California Family Fitness Player of the Week, how you can vote for the Stockton Honda Game of the Week next week. So much still to get to here on Friday Night Football. Welcome to Y'all played a great football game tonight. A real good football game. Now, back to more of the Friday Night Football Show. Presented by Wingstop. Ready? Ready? 
Here's Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. Charles T. Hamilton, indeed. Matt George, along with Chris Watkins in the other room. <gasps> Been a pleasure to bring you another episode of Friday Night Football. Here is uh, we got still so much to get to, and I want to start with the uh, California Family Fitness Player of the Week Award, which we gave out at the very start of the show, but it's been a while since then, so in case you missed it, uh, Charles, why don't you rehash and give it to us? Who was this week's recipient of the California Family Fitness Player of the Week? Let me rehash that for you. It was Demarcus Ross from Capital Christian. The guy's a beast. He's about 5'11", 220. He had touchdown runs of 75, 23, and a 76-yard score that was actually a pass play, but a little dump off in the backfield. He did all the work. He also had what would have been an 87-yard touchdown against Vista Del Lago last night, or excuse me, last Friday, but he had to settle for 66 yards because he got caught, and he actually said he was tired, which is understandable. And he says it's the, the thin thin air up here, which uh, it's not that much higher elevation. But I get it, man. Thin air. That's a, that's a tough one. But he went for 345 on 21 carries and three touchdowns. We've talked about him before. We've talked about him most of the season because he's a monster. Uh, the guy's been starting for varsity for four years, meaning freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year. He was starting at running back. And the fact that a freshman starts on varsity is not a common occurrence. Like, that's something special. And Demarcus Ross is something special. So he is your California Family Fit Player of the Week. Demarcus Ross and the Capital Christian Cougars are the number one seed in Division Three, And they will take on Buhach Colony next week in their game. Chris? Is that his second player of the week? It might be. I think it is. I think it is. I think it is. We'll have to. We'll get our research department on that. Yeah. You can head to cagedk.com right now to find out. That's right. That's all the plug, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Very good by Chris Watkins. And Chris Watkins is also one of the guys in charge of that KHDK website. So if you like what you see over there, not just with the uh, the Wingstop Friday Night Football show page, but with everything you see there, I uh, give uh, Chris Watkins and the rest of the KHDK staff uh, some love. They do but if you don't job. like it, go to Matt. Tell Matt. Definitely go to Matt. Yeah, I do write articles. Send all hate Only Matt. Matt. Please don't. Send the negative stuff to Matt. Uh, whatever. That's... That's it. M. George at SackLocalMedia.com. That's a want, long. If you want to yell, yeah, a long handle. You know, I feel that way. Like, if what's if, your Twitter handle again? Isn't it like Matthew George? No, it's just Matt George reporter K- at Sports Eleven Forty KHTK. Not listening at all. William Jessup. <laughs> <laughs> Couple Z's yeah. in there randomly. Yeah. No, it's at Matt George Four two nine seven eight. Okay, we can't all have CTH four one five. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, whatever. No big Six deal. letters or yeah. three letters, three numbers. Yeah. Who cares? I'm tired of working with you. Is this stupid show you love it. done you with? You love it, dude. I'm just kidding. We have so much fun here on the Wingstop uh, Friday Night Football Show. And our thanks to Wingstop and all our great sponsors throughout this season who have uh, been able to uh, present this and bring this to you. We're very hopeful that we'll be able to continue doing this on to next season, but yes, still indeed. so many weeks of playoff football still to bring for you. We have the scoreboards for Division 5, 6, and 7 to share with you in the next segment before we say goodbye. Uh, But I wanted to let you know right now, if you head to khdk.com, starting on Monday, you'll see a poll that goes up or will go up uh, with all the games that you can vote on for next week's Stockton Honda Game of the Week. We usually have them up now, except because of playoff matchups. We don't know what the matchups will be until a little bit too late. So uh, don't worry. If you go to khdk.com, starting on Monday, Find the uh, Stockton Honda Game of the Week page off of the Wingstop Friday Night Football page. It's really not that hard to find. If you do find it, vote on a game. 
We've been uh, growing every single week. I'm, I'm being told almost 1,500 people voted this week, which is Ooh. phenomenal. Uh, so we're definitely proud of that. If you want to be a part of that, please do. Please head to cagedk.com because you're going to want to uh, try and do everything you can to make sure your uh, your school gets voted because we, we go all out here at KHDK. We send the whole crew. Yeah. The whole crew. Yeah, the entire crew. Like, Except oh. us for some reason. Well, I mean, we got to do this. I know. We gotta, it's just, we got to hold just down saying. the fort here, which sucks, saying. by the way, because yeah. there have been a lot of games. It held up with the autographs, too. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, a good point. Of, yeah. That's a good point. They're like, hi, I'm Matt George. Who? Yeah. <laughs> You're the guy that broke your arm in You're the goalpost. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly the upright. Aren't you the upright? Oh, no. no, it is. It is too bad. I've been wanting to get out and see Del Oro, Folsom, a lot of these great teams. I want to try and get out and see. I, I, I've been to a Jesuit game because they play Saturdays. Yep. But besides that, you know, it's it's a, a double edged sword because it's great reporting on it, great being here and doing it. But yeah, I would I would love to see some of these games live. But you know, we got to bring it to the people, man. Give the people what they want. Yeah, we we really are the ones that suffer, not you. Clearly, you get to go to the games and we don't. We have the hardest jobs in the world. Absolutely. We'll take the break when we come back. Final scoreboard for you here in the final segment of Friday Night Football. Welcome to Don't play a great football game tonight. A real good football game. Yeah. Now, back to more of the Friday Night Football Show, presented by Wingstop. Here's Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. Final segment, no time to lose here. We just have a couple minutes left, so why don't we dive right into the scoreboard for Division 5, 6, and 7 playoff action here on Friday Night Football, the Sac Joaquin Section Football Championship playoffs happening right now. Starting with Division 5, Los Banos taking on Oristimba, the battle of the 8th and 9th seed. 8th seed Los Banos gets the job done at home. They will take on Colfax next week. Tough test there. Foothill defeated uh, Pioneer 55-12. They advance to take on Sonora. You have a uh, final from Center and Dixon that we still haven't gotten yet, unfortunately. We're still waiting for that, so if you could send that to us, if you know it, and can text it to us, 44-11-40, we would appreciate that. We've been looking everywhere for this final score. We can't seem to track it down, but we do have Mountain House defeating Union Mine. The 7th seed Mountain House defeated Union Mine 53-30. They take on Ripon next week. We got Argonaut taking on Bradshaw Christian. Argonaut gets the W 58-42. to They'll be taking on Modesto Christian next week. Rio Vista at home taking on Waterford. Waterford comes in, gets the upset win 51-44. to Waterford's going to be taking on Ripon Christian next week. Calaveras taking on Highlands. Calaveras gets the W 44-7. They're going to be playing Escalon in seven days. Houston at home taking on Amador. Amador comes in, gets the upset 37-19. Amador will be taking on Hillmar on November 9th. Last thing for you, Division 7, two games here as number four seed Gustine took on number five seed Millennium. Gustine got the victory 28-27. to They will take on Denaire next week. Golden Sierra tuck it to Woodland Christian 58-7. Golden Sierra will take on Big Valley Christian. That does it for your full scoreboard of the Sac Joaquin section playoffs. If you missed any of it, go to khdk.com right now. You can see the full scoreboard up there. Also, the Stockton Honda Game of the Week, uh, which you can vote on. The California Family Fitness Play of the Week. There's so much for you on the Friday Night Football page on Sports 1140 KHDK. That's going to do it for us. For Shout another- out to the honkers. Yuba City honkers. Great do name. That. Honkers. Rough night for uh, for the, uh, the, the poor Christian brothers over there. Chris is really having a hard time in the other room. Falcons forever. Lose to a team like the honkers, man. It's, you know. 
It's all good. He turned you can your mic off. He did. I, I know. That was, was cold-blooded. That was Honkers! Well, we're going to cut our own mics here as we say goodbye, oh! but we will come back for more next week. Uh, check out and keep an eye on the final score happening tomorrow between the Wood Creek Timberwolves and uh, Jesuit as we will have a final for that one. Find out who moves on to take on Granite Bay. More for you, including Joe Davidson, Mark Billingsley, and more hosts, or more, uh, I should say, coaches going to be joining us throughout this uh, this postseason, so be sure to keep it right here on KHDK for Friday Night Football. Next week, Friday, I think it's following a Kings game. Yes, it is, following the Kings and Timberwolves game, so be sure to join us then. Until then, my name is Matt George. For my co-host, Charles C. Hamilton, and in the other room, the fantastic and sad Christian Brothers alum, Chris Watkins. Fly, Falcons, fly. Yeah, fly, Falcons, fly. All the way into next season. It'll be better All next better. season. Enjoy your night. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your week next week. We'll talk to you next Friday on Friday Night Football.